Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulse Strong Podcast with me, your host, Becky Dunn. Today, I am joined by sports nutritionist Nina, and we talk all things nutrition and how to fuel your body correctly. I've linked Nina's Instagram and website below. I strongly recommend checking out her blogs. You can watch this episode in full on my YouTube channel, Becky Dunn Fitness. I hope you enjoy this podcast just as much as I did. Nina, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited I found your page. Um, Super, super interesting. I'm going to link it all anyway, but you are a nutritionist through and through. Um, what, what telling me a little bit about like your like your background how you got to where you are like what, what you predominantly do too yeah so I am a nutritionist and sports nutritionist and crossfit so it's kind of um involved doing uh, zoom consults so one-to-one coaching in terms of nutrition consults with people from all over the world mostly in the area of sports nutrition disordered eating and plant-based diets i'd say they're kind of my main areas that i work with clients on um, but a whole range of clients um and then i also coach crossfit um and i do crossfit myself as well which is a massive other passion crossfit (laughs) athlete i love that i did do crossfit for a little while it is it is really good yeah. fun it, it's really fun I love how varied it is and how there's always things to improve on and things to work on which yeah makes it a big challenge but also really keeps it interesting yeah um you cut out the, the very little first thing you said when I asked when I said what do you do the I got your nutrition but I'm like it the 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 signal cut it dropped Oh, yeah. So I basically just said I'm a nutritionist and sports nutritionist um, and a CrossFit coach as well. So they're kind of the main areas that I work in. Um, And yeah, the thing that got me basically down the path of nutrition was um, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was nine years old, which kind of like, you know, placed a really big emphasis on like food and counting carbs to dose insulin and manage my blood sugar levels and having a lot of, um, you know, appointments with dietitians and, you know, a, a lot in that scene. And it really also gave me a big appreciation for how food impacts my health and how I feel um, through managing diabetes, which I'm, I'm a massive perfectionist and I took it to the extreme with managing my blood sugars and, you know, counting carbs and then cutting out carbs to the point that it led down a really rocky path with an eating disorder. Um, throughout my teens, I really struggled with my relationship with food, yeah. in and out of hospital, um, missed a lot of school you. because that yeah, had a massive, a massive impact on my life and like fully consumed my life for, I'd say close to 10 years and wow. like going through all of that and then coming out the other end, going to study nutrition is what gave me like such a big passion for not just the topic of nutrition itself, but also our relationship with food and how, you know, we can be focused on health and nourishing our bodies, but at the same time also creating a really healthy and positive mindset around food. Oh, so important. But it's very easily said than done. It's very easier said than done when it when it comes to creating a mind mindset around food, which why why I think it's so important to work with somebody or some someone that's just knowledgeable. Um, but that's going back to your so you had type one diabetes. One thing you do learn when you do when you start doing like your qualifications in you know whether it's your personal training that not always but like the early symptoms of diabetes like it can be it can be offset by by what you eat you can reverse some of the some of the um uh, like symptoms or how extreme it can be by what you are putting into your body um and i think you know it's it's with it leading into a disorder too um something that a lot of people can relate to but um, i know yours come from another extreme another extreme angle but you know uh, from a team i do want to say Um, really important that there's a big difference between type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. So type 1 diabetes is that autoimmune condition where unfortunately, no matter what you do in terms of diet and exercise, you you can't produce insulin. So you've got that for life and you can 100% help to manage blood glucose levels through diet um, and exercise. And that will have definitely a really positive outcome on your well-being and your diabetes management. However, can't make it go away. And I was like, you know, 
naive 10, 11 year old who really thought I could cure this by like being super on top of my diet and exercise, but it's just not possible versus type two diabetes where, you know, it's you can potentially get, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose um, the pressure of being a teen too, right? Adding, adding just yeah. all of that into the mix, like, you know, when you just want to, the whole dieting, I don't know what fad diets you had around when you were a teenager, mm -hmm. like, we we had ones that were like um cereals like a lot of cereal diets you know just eating cereal like two yeah. times a day or like yeah. the typical meal replacements like it's awful it's so 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 bad okay cool so when did you get into crossfit um i've been doing crossfit for i want to say around four years now and i kind Ooh. of fell into it by months um i was a competitive swimmer throughout high school so yeah i came from a swimming background did a triathlon bit of running so it's kind of all the long distance endurance type of stuff oh, yeah. um but i did have to quit sport completely for a few years when i was in recovery just because i was like not well enough to exercise which was also a really difficult process yeah. um, but then once i was well enough to start exercising and you know transitioning to adulthood where i live it just wasn't an option to swim like as part of a, a club anymore it was like you know high school swimming and then once you get out of that it's you're an adult there's no clubs around you can either just go exercise for fun or do something else mm. and for me because I'm, I'm a competitive person I love that kind of team atmosphere I wanted to find something that I could do um, like as part of a club and then by chance yeah some of my friends had opened a CrossFit style of gym um, and I kind of fell into that from there and have never looked back absolutely love it oh I love that I, when, it's so good when you find your passion in something or you find the enjoyment in that sport where you're like this is my thing like I love this and do you compete yeah I do absolutely love competing super fun yeah wow the CrossFit competitions are just like they just they're just extreme well like what they, they are some of the fantastic. <laughs> yeah absolutely so um let's talk so you went then you went and studied nutrition in in um in more detail I've just seen I saw on your Instagram and and uh on your website that you're so you're plant-based right yes yeah have you always been plant-based um, so I actually decided to go vegetarian when I was in grade six. So what would I have been probably around 10 years, 10 years old or so. Um, and it was actually an interesting story because I used to have pet rabbits and I'm originally from Switzerland. And when we moved to Australia from Switzerland, the people we lived with, it was like on a farm. They, they ended up like killing the rabbits and like, eating them essentially and kind of like hearing that story it kind of gave me that connection of okay these are my rabbits and they're eating them now and I don't want to do that anymore so kind of that was the, the turning point to <laughs> yep that's quite and, a young um, age though from you like they like you know you've decided quite young you're like nope I'm out I'm I don't want to do yes. this literally and then um I didn't I don't even know if veganism was really like a thing back then um but yeah just I was introduced to veganism actually through social media just kind of finding out like more about it and kind of sparked my curiosity and yeah I've been plant-based myself for close to nine years now wow wow so you like you never really really ate meat or had a like, like um that wasn't really part of your diet from a young age well, but before I went vegetarian, I'd say I just had a really normal diet with everything, fish, mm. uh, meat, everything. Um, but since then, yeah, vegetarian and then fully plant-based for the past sort of nine years. Amazing. So um, I have a lot of plant-based uh, clients, a lot of vegan, vegetarian. And one thing that I come across the most, um, and you, you might find the same, is the is the lack of protein. And actually, something that I've noticed uh, in in with vegans and veggies to a degree is their fats are a lot higher your fats tend to be high because a lot of stuff's coming from nuts and um uh, yeah peanut butter and, and stuff like that so the, the the carb fat ratio is is always a little bit different when i'm when i'm like looking after uh, vegan clients which is which is fine um but how how do you manage that because actually something that i was reading on your blog is about protein powders and whether or not they yeah. are um I don't know about whether or not they're beneficial and you know and yeah. I was re and I was reading that you get a lot of your protein just through whole foods like do you do you, yeah. do you take any supplements at all for protein 
yeah do I take protein you do powder. Take, yeah um, you do take protein powder yeah um so with protein a really important thing in general when it comes to plant-based nutrition is I kind of have the philosophy of replacing rather than removing foods and making sure that when we're doing that replacement that it's with something that is nutritionally similar if not equivalent so for example like let's say your usual dinner would be like spaghetti bolognese with like beef mince in there that we don't just remove the beef mince and eat the spaghetti with the tomato based sauce but that we actually <laughs> replace that beef mince you know with say um textured vegetable protein like a soy based protein or tofu or like lentils or some mm. other kind of plant protein so we're still getting not only the protein but also same amount of energy overall and also those important micronutrients especially for our plant-based athletes which have higher say iron and zinc requirements where that's really really important and you know same goes for say dairy if we're removing the yogurt or the milk we need to find something that's going to be nutritionally not replacing with maybe our milk where the protein is really low or with coconut yogurt where we're not getting that protein or that calcium so we're finding say a soy yogurt instead and just making sure we're making those smart swaps when we are moving to a plant-based diet especially for athletes whose protein requirements are pretty much double what a, a non-athletic person's are yeah and the and it's super important for with vegans and vegetarians like you need to consume a little bit more protein too because of those leucine levels too right that you don't naturally get in in like meat or dairy products that um you know we would naturally hit those levels where being vegan you just require that a little bit more so exactly um, yeah a protein powder can also be like a really helpful addition to just supplement the diet to bump those protein levels up a little bit more even if you say making like some porridge or like a fruit smoothie so we can use that protein powder in there but that's not exclusive to plant-based people and you know plenty of people using protein powders who definitely aren't plant-based so it's kind of just like if it's a lower protein meal that can be a good option to bump that up a bit more mm. i've always found that to get to to, to really uh, to get the protein levels where they need to be it is it isn't like it is almost a necessity you do you do need some form in some cases of like having that protein powder to be able to bump you, like it's that final I, bump for sure yeah especially in breakfast I find breakfast is that one meal that if you don't have the protein powder in there unless you're being like super strategic with the breakfast choices mm -hmm. it can be super challenging to get that kind of 25 grams plus of protein in there yeah and also once you I was I was listening to a podcast um yesterday that they were talking about like how important it is to like get your protein in early too to because if you if you have a, like a breakfast with hardly any protein in trying to get over 100 grams throughout the rest of the day like that yeah. that's challenging yeah. like if you can start yeah. your day with like 30 40 grams get hit the ground running and then you know make up the rest throughout the day um it's you know it can be really really beneficial for sure and for you know optimizing recovery from training and muscle building as well we want to be spreading that protein intake across at least three meals throughout the day so having that breakfast lunch dinner and, and one or two snacks with that 20 plus grams of protein is really important mm, yeah absolutely um so one of the one of the uh, blogs that I read on your website actually was about how do I know if I'm eating enough um, and again it's something that I come across a lot from people that are um, that have no education around it you know they're they're really into their sport so um, especially like pole pole dancers and um, aerialists they'll work out a lot like some people will go they'll be like all in a bit like CrossFit like you have your sport you go all in you're doing CrossFit like three four times a week doing pole aerial three four times a week adding in a little bit of gym work some of the some of the, the guys that I come across are around that and then when I when I speak to people, it's it's always the first thing I identify. Always like uh, you know, just by having a rough idea of what someone's um, eating, like you can immediately identify that they're not eating enough. But um, how if someone's listening to this, not knowing whether they're eating enough or they think they're eating enough, um, how do you identify if you if you're not eating enough? Yeah. So common misconception around whether or not i'm eating enough is people just go by weight and they think oh, if i'm not losing weight then i must be eating enough because otherwise i'd be losing weight but it's just really not an accurate indicator of whether or not we're eating enough because the thing is our bodies are 
you know, we're not robots and our metabolisms are very adaptive. So if there's less energy coming in to support everything that we're doing in a day, plus all of our daily functions, our body actually goes into doing some metabolic adaptation. So essentially um, making some adjustments to the different systems in your body to try and conserve energy when you're your energy output is high, but there's not enough coming in. And that can look like, for example, lowered energy levels and feeling fatigued all the time and poor recovery from training. It can look like um, slow digestion. So you might get more digestive symptoms like gas and bloating and constipation. Um, you might feel cold all the time. You might struggle to concentrate and just feel mentally very fatigued all the time. Um, we can see irregular or complete loss of periods. Mm. Um, that's a really common one um, and even little things like poor immune function getting sick all the time frequent like niggles and injuries um, like hair and, and skin and nails just not really thriving so all these little ways that our bodies kind of just isn't thriving anymore and is making those little adjustments to try and save as much energy as possible it's, the, it's those little things that you like you can you can tell yourself too like really really simply about your like your hair and nails like, oh, you're, you you can tell when your nails are in good condition versus when they're not, you, you know, like it sounds really yeah. silly, but you you can tell, can't you? And like you say, that, that that lack of energy, like I I couldn't operate everything that I do on a day-to-day -day basis without fueling my body correctly. Like I would never put myself in a situation where I'd go to yeah. the studio yeah. and be under, under fueled. Like it's not even up for negotiation. But pre, when, yeah, I, when I had a, when I had an eating disorder, um, I would have gone, I would have been like, well, I'm going to burn more and I'm not eating, you know, like it's, it's a terrible, terrible uh, mindset, but food is absolutely fuel. And then what happens when you under eat, like you say that low energy, like that alone, like I always say to people, why, why would you want to go train with no energy? Like that shouldn't be, that should never be even like, you, it shouldn't be one of those things where you're like turning up to the gym and be like, oh, you know, I feel really shit. So I'm just going to drag myself through this session. <laughs> you know but one yeah. thing we um yeah and I think sorry. swapping to like a performance focused mindset yeah. really yeah. helps change that because you don't want to go into sessions just feeling like rubbish and not being able to do the things that you know your body actually can do just because you the energy isn't there yeah. so changing that focus to that I want to perform my best and feel my best and performance I don't even just mean in training sessions I also mean like performing in life like yes. you know your ability to be present in your job and with friends and like you know go for walks with the dog and just like have energy to do all the things that you want to do yeah be a good partner too like you know in terms yeah. like you know I like I it's the last thing that I'd want to do is get home I used to feel that actually this is this is it's really interesting you say this actually it's just literally just triggers something in my mind I remember when I used to come home from a training on a Saturday before um my lifestyle was quite as busy as it is now and this is when I wasn't eating properly and I would have mm -hmm. these horrendous like crashes um to yeah. the point where I was like do I have like uh like MS or something that's like you know when like you get you have like uh um chronic you know like the um what's the word like chronic fatigue fatigue yeah exactly like it was so it was to the point where like even walking around shops where was incredibly mm -hmm. difficult because the fatigue level was yeah. so 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 high yeah. so on a Saturday was so when I finished training at like half 12 one I have the whole rest of the day of my husband I, I didn't want to do anything because I was so, so, so tired. Um, and it was lit, like now, like if I finished training, I could train like all day and come home and be like, right, let's go to the shop. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like you say, have, yeah. that have that energy. Like you yeah. shouldn't be, you shouldn't be getting to the end of the day unless you've had like, obviously there are certain circumstances, but yeah. where you're like, where you're like exhausted because your body's running yeah. on zero. Absolutely. Exactly. But exactly. also like you say, your micronutrients play a factor in that too, right? Like, when you're dehydrated there's nothing worse than feeling dehydrated dehydration even like iron intake is a really important one as well so staying on top of iron intake which is a little bit more challenging when you're plant-based too because of that reduced absorption in plant-based iron sources our iron requirements are actually double so from 18 milligrams all the way to 32 milligrams for wow. plant-based 
females, which is really challenging to meet. So not only do we have to pay attention to getting enough iron rich and iron fortified foods like your cereals and your meat alternatives, which have that extra iron added, but mm. potentially also supplementing. And, you know, that's what supplements are there for. I think supplements get a lot of, you know, it's either supplements are everything or it's supplements are demonized. But I think we need to be somewhere in the middle where we try and get most of our nutrients through food, but then supplements absolutely have their place just to help top up and supplement the diet where we just can't quite realistically meet it through food alone yeah i think like i think i think i think supplements get a bit of a bad word because they get mixed up with stuff like because because you have because they could fall under the same umbrella as like uh bcaas and creatine and that's not saying they're yeah. bad by the way but there's so many when you actually deep dive like bca creatine fantastic supplements but when you actually get deep dive on these websites that actually sell supplements and then you start to get into like um uh, really high level in-depth supplements um like actual your basic vitamin c vitamin d b12 iron like it all gets mixed up in these like other um other um supplements and that's when i think like supplementation can get a bit of a bad name because it's like it's mm. so 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 much but your actual baseline micronutrients that you need like you say your iron levels your vitamin c your vitamin d you know your b12 they are so important mm -hmm so important. absolutely so yeah do, what do you take any supplements like that that are your absolute um with the exception of iron that you just said like is there any supplements that you take that you, you take every day those micronutrients um, well, like being, yeah so being plant-based um b12 is definitely a non-negotiable so anyone who's plant-based definitely should be staying on top of B12 supplementation to, you know, that's a really important one that we just can't get through. Um, food when we're plant-based, fortified foods, you know, they have some B12, some do, but generally our intake of those is pretty inconsistent sort of on a day-to-day -day basis. So relying just on that is a little bit um, risky. So that's one. Um, and also being plant-based, I do supplement like an algae omega-3. That would yes. be like the plant-based equivalent of fish oil. And that's really important, again, for recovery, reducing those inflammation levels from training, um, and also for long-term brain health. There's a bit of research that that's quite beneficial. Um, and then creatine, myself being a strength and power based athlete that's a, yeah. a, a one that's got a good amount of evidence other than that like supplementation is a very individual thing so if you'd come back and see all oh, my vitamin d levels are low in my blood tests and that's one we'd be supplementing mm -hmm. people living in the uk during winter probably a non-negotiable there absolutely um, <laughs> yeah and um other than that like really turning to food and say for example calcium is a really important one being plant-based yes. but if you're making smart food choices and including things like your fortified plant-based dairy alternatives like your soy milks and your soy yogurts and your almond milks and your tofu where that calcium um, has been fortified then you can absolutely meet that just through diet alone but we do have to make sure we're including those foods on a daily basis yeah so interestingly about creatine actually because again um just to hear your just hear your thoughts on it it's it, like you say it's amazing if you're uh for increasing strength um and just performance a great performance uh mm -hmm. supplement how often are you do you take creatine is it something that's a day-to-day -day thing for you have you been taking it for very long do you phase it in and out being being plant-based how do you how do you manage your creatine or is it yeah yeah so i um the evidence just shows that uh, a creatine is one that you take like a daily on yeah. a like a long term basis, so three uh -huh. to five grams per day uh -huh. every day, even on rest days, any time of the day. Doesn't have to be pre or post workout, just as long as we're consistent with that. Um, and you know, we don't have to do these loading phases and cycling of it. It really is just a daily thing. And there's actually some really interesting upcoming research around creatine potentially having some cognitive and brain health benefits as well in the long run, and even things like preserving muscle mass as we're aging so i definitely think it's for um especially plant-based people where creatine intake is not going to be there because creatine in, in our meat products as well yeah. as our body producing a little bit themselves it's a really good supplement and very safe because it's so well studied we know it doesn't have any risks to it yeah and three to five grams that's like your daily intake isn't it really that's like how much like you say the body produces um the body produces it naturally at, well and, and you get it for your intake like you say but uh if you're not if you're not eating meat then it's borderline impossible <laughs> so, <Exactly. laughs> a really really good one um <clears throat> so another thing that happens when we under eat um is the lack of sleep and th this is something um 
I was speaking about uh, to a client about yesterday actually, and it was really evident. Uh, she was getting she's vegan. She's um getting four or five hours a night and doing a doing a yeah. doing a hell of a lot of exercise by the way like she's she's um like a real like ADHD so um here there everywhere like never like always has loads of energy um exercising yeah. loads but then when it comes to the evening if you're doing that much exercise like your body needs to be your body, your, absolutely. yeah yeah absolutely but she's having like four or five hours of sleep a night and not really sleeping that much um and then when we deep dived on her nutrition actually turns out that she's really under eating not eating enough to match the, yeah. the energy levels but that is something that um is a real uh, side effect is the lack of sleep right or just poor, yeah. poor sleep exactly yeah so when our bodies are under fueled and this comes back to basically a survival mechanism our body wants to keep us awake to search for food you know if we were back in the caveman days and it was a famine it wouldn't be safe to just go and lie down and sleep your body would want you to stay awake and look around for food and that's essentially what is happening when we're under fueling and we're not able to get into that restorative sleep mode is our brain is just on food it, it wants you to go and eat something so it keeps you from from sleeping essentially that's one reason and the other reason is a lot of our micronutrients and even certain amino acids are really important to help us produce those neurotransmitters and those chemicals that support sleep onset such as melatonin for example yeah. and if you know we don't have the nutrients coming in actually help then it's also really difficult to get you know sleep even happening because our, our bodies and brains just can't produce those chemicals to help our bodies get into that restorative state that is actually something that um people notice that notice the most or one of the most common side effects in terms of like when you start focusing on your nutrition getting your diet in order eating back to where you where you where you really should be um how much your sleep yeah. improves like but sleep is everything i I I, yeah. see, I couldn't be without sleep. Like all of your recovery happens during when you're asleep, as you know. You know, it, it's it's so bad to neglect your sleep. It's like one of the best things you can do is get a good night's sleep. Yeah, it has such a huge impact on how we feel as well, yeah. like our energy levels and food and our motivation. Uh, and even like you know myself having struggled with sleep for so many years when I went it was in my eating disorder as well. Like there is nothing more frustrating than lying awake for hours a night and not being able to sleep. Like oh. it makes you want to tear your hair out. Yeah, it does. And then like you say it's the and then if if you're someone that's really like has that passion and has and found your groove in your in your sport for example and you know that you're going to a class tomorrow and then you wake up yeah. and you you feel like shit it's it's the repercussions there as well for me I'm like well now I'm like it's again you're gonna have a bad session yeah you know yeah. like it's just it's just it goes back to that performance mindset isn't it you're not performing your best because you haven't we haven't taken the steps to get you where you know and to get you where you need to be in order Recover. to perform at your yeah. peak absolutely so how do we fix it how do we how do we then start making sure that we are eating enough and eating for for you know eating enough for you absolutely so it's always so very individual and and of course it is would be yeah. yeah but the first thing i would start with is identifying the the reasons why somebody isn't eating enough like is it are there mental barriers you know rules around food restrictions around food stopping you from eating a decent amount yeah. or is it more of like a lack of planning and preparation is it just you haven't prepared your food and there's nothing to eat um you know or, or is it like for plant-based people sometimes it's they're eating a decent volume of food but they're not choosing the right energy dense food so they're feeling full but they're actually not getting the calories in so having a bit of a reflection around what those barriers are so we can start yeah. making some shifts around targeting those and working on those which you know for some people might mean a bit of meal prep or going for more easy convenient options for other people it might be reaching out to um, an eating disorder specialist nutritionist or dietitian who can help them work on those food rules and restrictions and start overcoming those um, and for some people it's you know as simple as really just having a look at what you're eating and making a few changes to that like starting with three good meals a breakfast a lunch a dinner and two to three snacks per 
per day, making sure we're fueling our training sessions properly, having a good snack or meal after and before and potentially even during if they're longer sessions as well. And even just looking at those individual meals and making sure that they are well balanced meals. So are we including our serve of protein, a good amount of carbohydrates, um, as well as some fats uh, and our veggies and not just, you know, like a salad or a piece of fruit for a snack for, you know, active people athletes that it's just not going to cut it and we do have to be a bit more intentional about getting enough of that more energy dense foods into our diet without a doubt like a couple of things you said there that I wanted to pick up on firstly planning and preparation is everything like you say identifying those barriers is 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 really important too like and sometimes it's just like the education around it like you say working with a coach if it's a severe if it's I if it's a severe eating disorder um barrier then absolutely work with somebody that's you know has that has that that can really help you I had a client once come to me on a consultation call and she just wanted the training plan from me um no nutrition because she didn't want to track didn't want to and it was coming from an ed from a, from a place of ed which is like yeah. understandable yeah. but as a coach I said to her like I, I can't work with you I can't I can't provide that I can't provide you just with a training plan knowing that you know knowing that like it's for me it felt uh, unsafe as a coach and felt it didn't feel like the right thing to do because she like yeah you need that extra level of um uh, a specialist attention really like if you're if that's what you're trying to overcome as well you know like not, not you know like being mindful also of the coach that you're going to work with if that is the case Definitely. right and also as, as yeah. a coach as well if anyone is a coach like listening like having that having the like the confidence to turn around and say you know what I don't, I'm not the right person for you here like yeah, this is sure yeah you know go and speak to somebody about this um but anyway planning and preparation huge huge definitely massive especially if you're a person who has a busy lifestyle you know you're running from training to work or study you've got a lot of things on like who's got hours and hours in their day to go and cook every single meal from scratch most people don't so you you like planning ahead is such a game changer and even saving energy like if you come home from a long day of work and training and you haven't planned what's for dinner and you stand there in front of the fridge not knowing what to make it you know it's not a good feeling and you're probably not going to end up making the best choices so really even just taking that time say on a Sunday to sit down plan out what you're going to make for your meals that week make sure you have all the things that you need at home if needed do a bit of meal prep. If you don't want to do meal prep, make sure you've got convenience options, like you know your, your salad mixes and your, your pre-cooked microwave rice and things like that, which are really handy in those situations where you're time poor as well. And even like making sure if you've got a busy day that you pack all your food for the day the night before and you, you, you make up your lunchbox and you bring your snacks to work and you do all of those things. That's just dedication though, right? Like that is, um, not, not dedication, sorry, that's just discipline as well, right? If you want it enough. Yeah, a little bit. You yeah. will be, you and, will and be disciplined to do that. Recognising how much it pays off because of yes. how much better you feel and perform and function as a result of it and how much time and potentially money it actually saves. You know, if you don't have to go and buy food all the time um, when you're out or you, you can save time during the week because you've done that little bit of prep um, or even just getting through your sessions feeling good because you've had that snack before like it definitely makes oh, it worth it I there's I don't think there's anything better than knowing that you're finishing a session going home to the dinner that you've got planned so I'm yes. exactly the same as you on Sundays I would sit and plan I write out my write out the meal each meal breakfast lunch dinner snacks all of it then go and do a weekly shop it, I I for me personally, it changed the game when I did a weekly shop over and above a monthly shop. Um, go and buy what you need for the week, have it in the house. And then also it eliminates that feeling of like, oh, so we just pick up this because there's nothing in the house. Because you know you're going home to like, and, it, and again, it, it, the foods don't have to be restricted. Like you say, like if it's like a spag bowl, like that's really nice. It's a really yummy, a really yummy dish. It's not restricted. Um, yeah. You know, knowing that you're finishing your session and then you're going to go home and have that for, have that for dinner you know I mean I'm really sad I get excited for what I'm gonna have for dinner <laughs> oh but like <laughs> like you say I I also hate stopping at the shop and then being like oh god yeah. what am I gonna have and then like it, yeah. it's not just the one thing that you buy is it that you that you um want to pick up like it turns into a multiple item shop <laughs> that then like snow <laughs> just snowballs really really quickly but yeah planning the planning is a uh, absolutely 
everything. Um, so with the with your po with post pre and post workout for you, like what are your what are your favorite go to snacks for pre and post? Like what do you and and during yeah. as well? Actually, I mean, I'm, we're all I'm a big fan of the banana. <laughs> banana is great well. yeah so so good pre-training we want to be going for some easy to digest um foods which are carbohydrate focused so here's where we want to go for your more of the like refined carbohydrates because that's what's going to be give you that quick source of energy for training and not sit too heavy in your stomach so that you end up feeling really sick and heavy during sessions so that could be something like toast or crumpets or fruit toast or rice cakes with some like peanut butter or banana or jam or honey spreads of choice you could do some cereal um or like you know some kind of cereal bar like a cliff bar and a banana or I know in the UK, people love those serene, those malt loaves with, Ooh, the, yeah. with the banana, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> That's always great pre-training. Yeah. Uh, even like a fruit smoothie or some like Weetabix, something like that. So um, it's quick. really carbohydrate. For gets quick, in the blood. Easy. Gets, gets in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and look, if if you have never eaten before training and even the thought of that makes you feel sick, like even starting with something small, like some fruit juice or two rice cakes with a bit of honey, you know, something really small and then building your way up, that's a, a good place to start too. Um, after training is, again, we want the carbs. We also want to focus a bit more on protein. So getting, you know, 25 plus grams of protein in there and that could be something like some protein overnight oats um, or like some porridge. You could do like a smoothie you could do a savory option with like some toast and scrambled tofu or scrambled eggs or whatever your mm. choice is there um or if it's not in the morning of course like your regular meal with you know some kind of carbohydrate protein source whether that's like a wrap or a sandwich or a rice bowl or a stir fry or a pasta dish um yeah so that's going to provide um that recovery fuel and then we also want to get some good micronutrients in there whether that's from fruit or whether it's from veggies whole grains and get the body into that recovery mode yeah um during sessions easy easy to digest carbohydrates whether that's like sports drink or fruit juice banana um like a cereal bar i really love the little fruit puree pouches like those little baby food fruit pouches they're <laughs> absolutely awesome during training Love that. Um, and lollies are a good one as well. Because my blood sugar sometimes drops a little bit during training. Lollies are my absolute go-to. Um, some people also like the like the dextrose powders, like those carb powders. Again, just because it's not going to sit heavy in your stomach, it's really just quick digesting carbohydrates, and that's the things that we're looking for. Um, when those sessions are over an hour long, we do need some carbohydrates during just to keep our energy levels and performance up. Yeah, absolutely. And I say this a lot to clients too, because a lot of people bring in protein bars um for like during like during sessions or in between and like you're better off saving it till you're better off for saving after. The pro yeah, yeah save the protein to after switch yeah. that out for a banana i've seen a lot um i don't know if you've seen a lot if you've seen a lot doing the rounds on social media about the i'm gonna say the power because the a lot of people have been raving about it but like yeah. uh, honey and salt have you seen that trend recently honey at all? and salt honey and no. salt pre honey and salt pre-workout yeah it, because of the way that it like spikes your you know just spikes the uh yeah look it's a level. it's a fair choice however i do have to say like if, if you've got a big session we're looking at your requirements being close to a gram of carbohydrates per kilo of body weight so for like say a 65 kilo female that's about 65 grams of carbs that's a lot of honey to try and get in Ooh, before yeah a that is that is a lot of honey <laughs> yeah 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 i just didn't know if you'd uh, if you'd see if it made its way over to australia you'd seen these rounds i'd seen a lot of people do it like uh almost like a, almost like a shot of tequila putting honey on their hand oh. and then licking the salt um and people have been <laughs> saying they've been getting crazy crazy benefits from it um like crazy honey. pumps crazy pumps um you know <laughs> it's gonna it's like it's gonna spike the electrolyte <laughs> you know yeah. but um it's it, it's just it's just the spads that go around you know yeah. you know how it is yeah, like yeah. people try these things i i'm a big fan of rice cakes i'm a big fan of that yeah. like bit of peanut butter a bit of banana that's one of my favorites too you can load them that's I think the key with like so when I speak to a lot uh, a lot of people like so when I was speaking to somebody yesterday their get their gap was about 400 calories a day um yep. and that sounds like a lot but it's not when you break it down like if you had a protein shake yep. and then added in a banana and then added in some peanut butter and maybe a little bit of oats before you know it you've got like a 500 calorie shake it's the exactly. same way yeah it's, it's the same just with always, yeah. knowing what foods to pick. Yep. 
knowing what foods cakes. to pick makes it more achievable yeah absolutely so do you do you tweak your calories um and the what you eat like on your rest days versus your training days or do you keep it quite consistent because I train most days of the week so I generally have one to two rest days a week uh and for anyone who is as as you know regularly active as that you know like four plus times a week your rest days are, are more recovery days than rest days it's the days where your body is repairing and rebuilding mm. and re fueling from the exercise that you've done potentially you're catching up on some of the energy that you didn't get that you needed on those training days the appetite wasn't so high and your expenditure was really high plus recovery takes more than just that same day of training recovery takes 24 to 48 hours after training mm. so you're, you're still got that high energy requirement because your body's repairing and rebuilding tissue on those days even though you're not exercising so general recommendation is keep food the same you might yeah. just swap around some food choices you know you might not need that honey and salt shot and instead can have something <laughs> a little bit more micro yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no I do I do exactly the same I don't I don't ever tweak my I don't I'm the same as you I work out sort of uh five five days a week uh I uh, sorry six days a week I don't ever change yeah. my calorie intake um and I think that's what people forget when you're when you work out uh, or if you're if you're using weights in particular the muscle the body keeps breaking down keeps breaking down and keeps repairing for 28 to 48 hours yeah. sometimes even longer in some cases like if you have those severe doms um that last sort of 72 hours like but your body the the more muscle you have the more calories you burn on a day-to-day -day basis anyway. exactly so and if we restrict food or cut down our food intake on that rest day then not only is it going to impair the adaptation to make to your training it's going to impair your recovery and then going into that next session on the next day you're probably just not going to feel that great because you haven't been able to fully recover with that reduced intake mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't and I'm 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 glad that you're sort of mirroring that because uh I just I I see some people will tweak their calories to reduce them on their rest days and it's and, and I it's a common question that I get asked a lot as well as a coach. Um like should I if I'm not working out today, shall I shall I just lower my calorie intake? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, it's like the worst thing you can do. So yeah, do you work with people um predominantly one-to-one -one on their nutrition or do you work with is do you do you do like training plans too? Like how do you work with people in particular? Um I I do nutrition one on one. Yeah. So yeah, that's either like on a kind of whenever they need basis or on a weekly basis. Most of my clients see me either every week, every second week or every third week. And I find that works really well um, to just have that ongoing support and accountability as well. Um, and then for CrossFit, I, I coach classes. So I, I do, you know, oh, around cool. six, seven classes a week, um, which is super fun because they're like small groups. Oh, yeah. It's intimate, isn't it? It's nice. So do you work with do you work with anybody or do you just work with CrossFit athletes? Do you work with athletes? Do you do you work with any line of sport? No, I work with anyone. I have I do have quite a lot of CrossFit and strength and conditioning um training clients um from anywhere from a recreational to an semi-elite level. I've also got quite a few endurance athletes such as triathletes and runners um, and some martial arts um, clients and then also quite a, a range of clients who you know probably wouldn't consider themselves athletes, um, do a bit of exercise, some minimal exercise, just you know anyone really depending on whether we feel like we'd be a good match in working together even if it's a completely different area to sports nutrition and more focused on just building good nutrition habits and a good relationship with food. Yeah, so, so important. So um, the, oh my God, the question I was just gonna ask you just, um, uh, oh, I was gonna ask. Do you work with people that uh, that have previously had eating disorders or do have eating disorders? Do you, do you work with people? like from your from your experience from your best yes. is that something that you specialize in too yeah yeah it's a it's probably one of my main areas of work as well um just given my background i feel like it does give me a really high level of empathy and being able to relate and understand what those clients are going through and how it feels mm. to go through those things and also the kind of 
fears and thoughts they have around and the discomfort of going through recovery and changing things around their food and facing those um, food fears and rules. So, yeah, I do have quite a lot of clients somewhere along that disordered eating spectrum. Yeah, no, that's really, really good to know. Again, they're so it's so common. It's not spoken about enough. Um, and it's great. There's a lot of people in uh, within the industry that I'm in that, that, that really do have um, eating disorders. And I, I really think it's important to work with a specialist. I know it's really difficult to say, but how, like how long? Do, well, actually, I've got a couple of a couple of questions. Like for me, I feel like even though I manage everything OK now and I don't really, you know, I don't really have body dysmorphia as badly as I did. Um, because again, I changed my, my mindset. It's absolutely like a lot of it is mindset based too. When you start seeing it as a performance and start seeing how you're, how you're, mm -hmm. um, how you're performing too, like when you feel your body more and then how, like how you're feeling and being in tune with all those things. Like, again, like I said about on those Saturdays when I'd crash, like I don't get that anymore because my body's fueled. Like when you start to see all yep. of those, um, those positive benefits and you're like, okay, right. So this is, it all sort of clicks, doesn't it? And you're like, okay, right. So when I actually do fuel my body, like I'm, I'm achieving these PBs or I'm hitting these, these goals that I had. Um, but it never really, it, it still doesn't ever really go away. It's still, it's still always present in the back of your mind somewhere like do you feel like and this is actually a really personal question but do, do you feel like that's the case uh, even though you're like you've come out of it and you're you know you're in a really healthy place do you feel like anybody that goes you know anybody that has uh, previously had an ED or you know has one at the moment although you can get yourself to a, to a much better place and and uh, in a positive mindset it still lingers a little bit for me it does I feel like it never truly goes away but it's how you manage it For sure, for sure. In case that is the case, I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of different situations around this. Like for me personally, because my eating disorder originally stemmed from like really having that perfectionist mindset around my diabetes and struggling yeah. with feeling out of control in my body with the blood sugars. Like for me, I'd say the only two things that that I still find I sometimes get a little bit of hiccups with is number one, like body image. Like that's always yeah. so many of us women. <laughs> yeah. That's a really tough one. And well, that's a tough one. And then for me, the other one is blood sugars. You know, if I'm having a bad blood sugar day or if I spike high after a meal, that's when I might get some of those um, thoughts that are kind of first a little bit disordered. And then I just rein myself in and have to say like, no, that's not going to help you and really be conscious and mindful not to act on those thoughts and to be a little bit kinder to myself. And it's how you manage that, right? And that's what I think you learn over time. Like you say, being able to identify it, that you're, um, that you're falling into that headspace or that mindset and then being like, nope, come on, yeah. like we're having, you know, exactly let's not look at ourselves in the mirror today because you're just going to be you're going to be unkind and we're you know you don't need that you don't yeah. you don't need that yeah. um sure. it is definitely mindset well that's really really good to know um i'm going to link your instagram and obviously your bios and stuff in that your blog sorry and your in the in the notes because it's been they're, they're a really really good read and i think um you know seeing someone that's a specialist in, in nutrition can be if, if, if you're if you're struggling in those particular areas uh can be hugely hugely beneficial so for anyone that is plant-based um what what would be your biggest advice to anybody who's listening plant-based they are like because even if you're working out for i think for a lot i don't know um necessarily in the crossfit world a lot a lot of polars um for us a lot of people work out three four times a week and when you're working out that much you're in athletic territory like you are you know yeah. you're, you're definitely you need to think of yourself as a as an athlete um yeah. So yeah, those the people that are training a lot, plant based, again wanting to get stronger, wanting to wanting to improve performance goals. Like, what would be your advice? I would say, 
Yeah, they're like my top advice that can kind of be applicable to anyone would be, you know, maybe like once a month or so have this little checklist in terms of your nutrition that you can go through and kind of reflect on and ask yourself these questions of whether or not you're fueling yourself well and sufficiently. And those questions would include things like how are my energy levels on a day to day basis? How's my energy during training? How's my recovery um, for those where it's relevant? Am I getting my period regularly? Um, Am I sleeping well? Is my mood good? And am I making the progress that I'm expecting in my training sessions? Am I getting stronger and fitter and faster and all of the above as I would expect? Mm -hmm. um, and even looking at am I eating regularly? Am I feeling good about my food choices? Having a bit of a reflection around all of these things, um, which can give you that bit of feedback around the areas that might need a little bit of work in terms of your nutrition. I think that could be a really good place to start. No, I think that. I think that's excellent advice and I think it's so important to be in tune with your body and also be aware of like how how you feel after certain foods too yeah. you know like that feeling yeah of, or what's what's giving you those like if you're getting you know maybe like I I for one now like I very rarely have any fizzy drinks or sweets or chocolate or I might do it the weekend a little bit but I won't during the week because it's those crashes that I get personally like I just I just mm. can't do it to my body <laughs> where like you'll have you'll eat something that's really high sugar um and then my body will just crash and then like I feel like I'm really tired I need to like pick my body back up with something else like that's like it, just being aware of how foods make you feel as well and whether they agree with you and you know like you say are you eating the right stuff are you feeling good are you feeling ready for your workouts all that all that good stuff yeah, I have this conversation with so many clients around noticing that difference when they say don't have a substantial lunch or they miss their morning snack and how that then translates to how they feel later in the day. Mm -hmm. um, even things like if their meal wasn't very balanced, that they end up already turning to snacks an hour later because their meal was missing, you know, that protein, protein. or healthy <laughs> yeah. fat component. And yeah, pay attention to those things. Absolutely. And one thing you said earlier, actually, which I'll, I'll uh, finish on, is that you're saying about uh, your snacks so I, I structure my clients days pretty much exactly the same as what you said breakfast lunch dinner and then snack morning snack in the and the evening and you can manipulate your calories throughout the day a little bit as well so yeah. if you wanted a bigger snack before like you say or you maybe wanted to make more in the evening in dessert in the dessert territory you know you can manipulate your calories but um I had a it's really interesting I had a client this week and her snacks uh, she's vegetarian but her snacks were uh, cucumber and celery and I was like this is like mm -hmm. you, you know like again you you think uh, when you think of a snack you tend to go fruit and you know veg which is absolutely which is which is great for those like you said those micronutrients but sometimes you really have to reflect on like is, what what nutritional value is this giving me because like you can have like that but you yeah. need like maybe a protein shake alongside or you know like you say some rice cakes yeah. alongside or yeah. something even like exactly some just, crackers or a yeah. muesli bar yeah. or something to go with it yeah not just having that we're like well I, I have some fruit and the same with like oh I had a salad and I've I've someone I spoke to um the the other day she's a vegan uh um and she oh I think I turned that off then she snacks a lot and I'm like yeah because you're not getting in protein <laughs> like once you once mm -hmm. you get that in like you'll see the changes in your eating habits too because you'll be like feeling fuller you know you're not going to get those cravings as much maybe as like what you once did once you prioritize all of the all of the good stuff yeah yeah making those meals nice and substantial yes that's the key that's the key um well nina thank you so so much for joining me thank you for taking the time i really really appreciate it this has been hugely beneficial and i think really really valuable to anyone who's um just nutrition in general but plant-based in particular um I think this will give a lot of insight. Um, so thank you so much for your time and your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure.